This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Uh, Welcome to another edition of the Pigskin Past. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski, and today we're going to be talking about a discussion of journeyman quarterbacks during the 1970s. Uh, The term journeyman quarterback is an unmistakable term. It means simply a quarterback who goes from team to team, trying to help each team as he tries his best to stay in the league. Some journeyman quarterbacks have played for a half dozen different teams, while others only play for two or three. I feel that a journeyman quarterback is one who can still play the game well enough, even if some teams don't feel that he can, to the point of trading him to another team. This edition of the Pigskin Past is a look back at some of the most noteworthy journeyman quarterbacks of the 1970s, decade that I seem to know more about than any other decade in the NFL. Uh, I'll try to break them down and, and briefly discuss them here. There was probably no better or none who traveled more of a journeyman quarterback than Earl Morrill. Before the decade of the 70s, where Morrill helped both the Baltimore Colts and the Miami Dolphins to win Super Bowls, he had also previously played for the San Francisco 49ers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Detroit Lions, and the New York Giants from 1956 to 1967. That's a total of six teams, and that's a journeyman. Sometimes an injury can determine where a journeyman quarterback plies his trade. Take Lynn Dickey, for example. He was drafted by the Houston Oilers in 1971, and even though he spent time competing for the position with another 71 draftee, Dan Pastorini, Dickey sustained a detrimental hip dislocation early in his career. By the middle of the decade, Dickey was suspected to still be ailing from his injuries, and he was sent to Green Bay. His career up in Packerland produced very good results, however, and he ultimately led his new team back to the playoffs. John Hadle is another journeyman quarterback who made a name for himself during the 1970s. He played for the San Diego Chargers for 11 years, and then he took to traveling. He played for the Los Angeles Rams, the Green Bay Packers, and the Houston Oilers. He had an 18-year pro career, and that's a testament to having enough skills to stick around the league to help at least one team or another in at least one year or another. Now, this all begs the question, why does a team get rid of a quarterback? Usually, it is not due to injuries as much as it is due to the quarterback's poor performance. Sometimes all it takes is one bad year, maybe even one bad game or one bad group of games, and some teams are apt to make roster changes. Even a quarterback with a Super Bowl championship under his belt, a guy like Kenny Stabler, can be traded. After Oakland, he was sent to Houston and then to New Orleans. He didn't do really anything for either of those teams. He helped Houston get into the playoffs in 1980, but after that, forget it. You know, and speaking of New Orleans, their blessed savior, Archie Manning, another product of that 1971 NFL draft, would eventually wear the uniforms of the Houston Oilers and the Minnesota Vikings. I know a lot of Saints fans today want to deny that, but it's true. Uh, Most uh, knowledgeable pro football historians will agree that if Manning had enjoyed the help of a better offensive line and possibly better receivers and running backs in New Orleans, he would probably have either won a Super Bowl or be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame or both. Now, Manning did have 
you know, in all honesty, some good running backs in Chuck Muncie and Tony Galbraith, but they came later in his time in New Orleans after he had already been banged up quite a bit. So timing and overall team personnel has a lot to say about how successful a journeyman quarterback is. And as long as football is a team game, there will only be just so much that a quarterback can do all by himself. And if he does not have ample teammates helping him out, perhaps the most common denominator then for all journeyman quarterbacks was that for at least one of the teams where they played, they did not receive the requisite support to produce enough victories for that team to be considered successful. The last journeyman quarterback that we'll talk about in this episode of the Pigskin Past will be Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton? The Hall of Famer? Yes, that Fran Tarkenton. You see, he was traded by his first team where he spent a number of years, the Minnesota Vikings, to the New York Giants, and he played there for several years. But then in 1972, Tarkenton was sent back to Minnesota to play for a new head coach, Bud Grant. During his second stint in Minnesota, he enjoyed his greatest successes. The moral of that story? Sometimes all it takes is a little more patience from the coaches and the decision makers to stick with a quarterback in the hopes that he will someday become a journeyman quarterback no more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Pigskin Past. Again, I'm your host, Joe Zagorski, and I look forward to seeing you next time. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The 2021 Professional Football Researchers Association Convention will be held at the Gold Jacket Lounge at the Pro Football Hall of Fame during the final weekend of June. Convention speakers will celebrate the 100th anniversary of the founding of the NFL. The fee for the convention is $50 for members and $100 for non-members. The fee includes admission to the convention and Pro Football Hall of Fame, meals on Friday evening and Saturday afternoon, and free parking. All convention activities are subject to COVID-19 protocols. For more details, Click on the 2021 PFRA convention link at profootballresearchers.org.